This show is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find the other great shows on the network, head over to the Deluxe Edition Network.com. Bev's Video Kingdom is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Oh shit, is that the last jingle bells of the year? The last ones? My my bells are jingled. I think that's Santa finally getting back to the shop. He's like just like cruising back, cruising back. Bye, Santa. I love you, Santa. Thanks for all the toys. <laughs> What's up, BBK? It is uh post Christmas, and maybe y'all thought, well, are we getting a BBK episode this week? And yeah, you are, but it's not normal. Sorry. <laughs> that's just the way it goes. You, uh, uh, this is like half a present for you because you're getting some BBK, but it might be some shit you've already listened to. Maybe it's going to be some shit you have not heard yet. Who knows? But I'm here with Scotch Beck. Scotch, how you doing? I'm doing very well, buddy. How are you? You know, holidays and stuff. We're missing a, a couple of our members, but, uh, this is what we've got to you. We're going to, we're going to be talking about, um, about, I think a 10 or so clips, um, kind of our greatest hits. It's about time for a BBK greatest hits end of the it. year. I'm very excited. Um, you know, I, I didn't start out as a full-time member of the of the pod, and I was a fan first. And I heard Greatest Hits, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm excited, because I love just being a fan and listening to the Greatest Hits. So I'm as excited as anybody else. Well, and we are approaching episode 100, which is is pretty awesome. And not only that, I'm going to do a little promo here just to get the, the fans out there excited and hopefully give you all a chance to make some plans, because on... Saturday, January 21st, approximately in the evening, we'll say six-ish, Yeah, we're going to be releasing BVK Part 2. And you know what? I'm going to say Part 2 right now. We still haven't officially (laughs) given it a new title yet, but the BVK IPA is coming back, folks, and it will be available, released at Last Call Brewing in Oakdale, California on Saturday January 21st. And also, you will have some saucing it up food truck available with their delis- delicious biscuit sandwiches. Um, they've been doing chicken strips lately that are just, oh my God, mm. just so killer. They got all the different sauces that they make. Yeah. They've got uh, pastries and things for desserts. It's just an all around great meal. And we were talking about it earlier. And dude, I'll, fuck it. I'll just say it now. I'm going to play. I want to play. I played it the first one. Why wouldn't I play it this one? There you go. You know, so shit, I'll do, I'll do a set or maybe two. I don't care. We'll get drunk and just play some music. There'll be drinking. There'll be music from Scotch Beck and and maybe even some Zach on the guitar as Mm -hmm. well. You know, uh, 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 we will just see what happens. It's going to be a fun night. We encourage all of you to show up. Let's pack that place up. Um, Jake, Walter, Josh, Brian, all the folks down there at Last Call have always been great to us. And uh, you know what? We always got to pay it back. So BVK IPA 
Number two, mm. part two. There has been some arguments Do. over 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 the the title, Electric Boogaloo. Like, because is, <laughs> is, is it a sequel? Is it going to be the same recipe? I don't know. We're going to brew it uh, this Friday. Yeah, and in just a couple of days. We so, are going to be down at the last call brewing location, yeah. and actual brewing some beer with Walter. So we'll figure it out if if it's actually going to be a sequel or, I mean, is this, if it's the same, is it a sequel? I don't know. I, uh, a yeah, reboot. I don't know. A reboot? <laughs> I mean, Hollywood's rebooting everything these days. Anyway, why can't we? <laughs> That's true. We will. It's gonna be. It'll be tasty. No matter what. Yeah. With Walter at the helm, you know you're gonna get a tasty brew. BVI, BVK IPA was kind of legendary. It was great. And One of their you know, best-selling beers. It, it was. Yeah. And so As not, Zach says, their best-selling beer. <laughs> Zach's gone through the figures. Yeah. I think he broke in one night and was right. looking through their numbers, and he, yeah, he he reports that it is the the top-selling uh, uh, beer from Last Call ever. ever. Fastest selling. Yeah. Right. So it's great. Um, yeah. So come out January 21st, that Saturday. We will be having a great time with the BBK crew. We would love all of you to join us and it'll be a great time. But now let's get talking about tonight. So tonight we're going to go through a, a, just a fun little menagerie of uh, the, the past highlights from, from some of the episodes. Some of these are going to be um, kind of the inventions of little catchphrases that we've talked about. Some of them is going to be where we've just got our asses handed to us by uh, our wives and, and, and assorted other folks. And some of it's going to be highlighting, you know, a few of the little fun guests we've had on the pod. So it's going to be just a fun little rewind through our first uh, 90 something episodes. And, uh, first episode is what we're going to start with. I love it. But going back all the way to number one, all the way to number one. And, and as Scotch Beck said, he was a fan first. He was on the first episode. Yes, I was. I, I was the first guest judge. The first guest judge. Yeah. We were talking about uh, the movie Whiplash, and we were talking about the greatest uh, teachers. Yeah, that was the teachers. It was the, the, the most memorable teachers in film. And uh, in this episode, uh, you had Nate really getting, getting philosophical about the whole movie. And you know what? In, in just classic BBK fashion, um, you know, after somebody says something very serious, somebody's got to say something kind of stupid. And I, I, I jumped to the occasion to, uh, to, to say something stupid. So let's hear that one. So I want to sort of all of a sudden at the end, right? Like Fletcher's not, a, he's not a made up person, but all the experiences that were abusive were completely in Neiman's head. Gosh, dang, I love this so, so much. So Neiman is 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 t he ends up exactly where he's at. He's great, and like the all the scenes with him playing are exactly correct. But he never uses the slurs or says anything about his mom. No, he's a totally nice oh, guy, and it's I love that. so all that stuff is in like he has this conversation with like all you know you all of a sudden like somehow drop in on like an overhear conversation that he has with like some fellow student and you realize like he super gets agitated because he, you know, he's he, the student had, didn't have that experience, but was in the, you know, one of the other drummers. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, did that really happen. And then like you get some little Easter egg that tells you, but like this was his fiction. This was his like self motivation from a place of mental health that caused him to drive him. So he becomes great, but he's going completely crazy because like he has this fictional mm -hmm. person to connect it to an, another art film. Um, the water boy, when he's imagining that everybody's talking about, <laughs> about water and then that makes him such a better linebacker. Say something about water. 
he keeps imagining all the bad things they're saying, and, and you know what? It drives him crazy. And he's a great, great that's linebacker. That's a great connection. <laughs> I didn't see that, but boy, that was, that's good. That's fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that indie film, that indie art house film, Waterboy. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know what? Not a lot of podcasts can tie in Waterboy with a great film like Whiplash. Well, you so, know, I mean, that's, that's you kind of what we do here. Yeah. That's kind of what we do. <laughs> kind, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> like half the time. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was that was from our first episode, man. That was that was uh, a long time ago. Um, it, it really doesn't seem like that long, but it's funny because it feels like we've both been doing this for a long time and not for a very long time at the same time. Well, you've us. been doing it longer than I have because you guys did the basement tapes. That's true. We did have about it almost a year of the basement tapes. So how many how many episodes do you think you guys did? Probably, I would say I would I would say twenty. Okay. I think that yeah. maybe a little under, but somewhere between probably fifteen twenty. Yeah. It was long. Yeah, it was just boredom. All I know is I remember coming in that first day. Yeah, the first episode, I'd only I'd done one year basement tapes, right? And then you guys had me on the very first episode, and I remember walking in there, and you guys were finishing up a segment before we did the draft, and I remember going, "God damn, these guys are polished. Like these guys are good." <laughs> but I'm wondering, like, if if listening back now, even though it was like you know '90s, what seven episodes ago at this yeah. point, yeah, do you listen and go, "Oh man, I'm better now," or do you, can you tell or? Because you've actually been naturally good at it from the beginning. I, I don't know. Like it's it's weird. I do go back to like some of our first stuff because I mean we it was longer. We we had the 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 draft and the regular movie episode on the same on the same pod. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's any that different. I, it sounds it sounds pretty much the same to me too. I was just curious because I'm the I'm my worst critic too, and I can tell that I'm still getting as you know getting up to speed on on being natural and stuff too. So I listen back to my early takes. And I'm like, oh god, man. <laughs> So hopefully well, I'm getting better. We figured out our, our right amount of alcohol before and uh, during the pod. That so I is think something that, I, I, think, I have learned. I think that helps out. All right. So our next uh, our next segment here is uh, this is from our Office Space pod. And you know Office Space, a great movie about uh, menial jobs, uh, things that we where we've had those jobs that we just hate our bosses. We hate the people we work with. So Zach drops on us this whole his one of his early jobs, and I had no clue. That one, I, I guess I kind of knew that this existed as a job, but I never knew that he had done it. And oh my God, it's a wild story. And yeah, so I wasn't part of this uh, episode at all, I believe. And and so I remember just listening and I didn't really know Zach well at all going into this. I just met him like on that first pod. And this was when I was like, dude, this guy's fucking funny. This guy <laughs> kills me. And he was like, kind of like my boy. Like when I started listening, I was like, oh my God, this guy just, I get him. Yeah, let's hear Zach just going, uh, uh, being Zach, talking about one of his early jobs. That would have cost money, and I didn't have any money. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take the the my my body back space to uh, tell a little story about my real cubicle job that I had. Uh, so, so 2001, summer after 2001, I had a job working at a place called MCI, and I were, had my own cubicle, and this was a place where they were paying $10 an hour, and at the time, $10 an hour was like $5 over minimum wage, and uh, it was really good money, and there was a whole bunch of young kids working there, and the job was we were being the voice for deaf people, 
So you, back in the day, if you were a deaf person, you couldn't text or anything and you wanted to speak to someone, you would pick up the phone, you would call our service, and then they would type to you and you would speak whatever they were saying to whoever was on the other side of the line. So literally my entire day consisted of, and it was also, I've got to caveat this with, I probably dealt with an entire summer working at this place in my cubicle, maybe 15 actual deaf people using the service because all day long it was 14-year-old kids finding out about this, prank prank calling, calling so they would would call... (laughs) So they would call and they would get you on the line and then they would make you call someone and then they would type in the most terrible (laughs) sexual whatever they would say and you had to say what they typed in legally by law. You had to say everything that they would say. And they would, you would call, they would make you call, oh, they would make you call, say they would make you call the bank and you would call the bank and the bank person would answer the phone and then they would say, Hey, how's it going? And you would, they would type in, Hey, how's it going? You'd say, Hey, how's it going? And they would say, good. How are you? And then you'd type it back into the guy and then they would say, I want to fuck you in the ass. (laughs) And then you would have to say it and they could, in parentheses, they could put what type of inflection you need to put on. So they could put angry or sad or happy. And by law, because this is a service provided to deaf people, you had to say it exactly how it was. Now, I will preface this by saying I did not have it as bad as a lot of people because the women that worked there, a lot of times they would call and as soon as they would hear a man on the other line, they would hang up until they would get a girl and they would make these women say the most terribly disgusting things that you have ever heard. (laughs) And they would just, a lot of times they would just call their friend and their friend would be the other person on the line and they would sit there for 30 minutes and they would make this woman say the craziest shit and they would make them yell out. So you'd be just sitting in your cubicle (laughs) waiting for a call and you'd hear like four girls behind you and they'd be making moaning sounds, screaming out obscenities fuck me in the, you know what I mean? Whatever they would decide to say. It was the most insane shit. <laughs> oh How my did I not did you not, God. Do you not have to announce like when you, when like, so you call the bank, like do you immediately say this is TT? This is TT, exactly. Okay, so they know. They know. But at the same time. But at the same time, they don't know. Okay. And oh, they, wow. if they don't hang up on you, because a lot of times they would hang up on you, but a lot of times they wouldn't hang up on you and they would you would they would start the conversation for a good 2 minutes like totally normal and then they would start saying some off the wall shit and then you would start saying like what does your asshole smell like does it taste good let me try it and then they would say it would say like parentheses sad and you had to be like you had to be like Oh, your asshole is so smelly and like try and make it sound sad and shit it was the craziest oh. job that I've ever had, and it was the only time I've ever really sat in a cubicle. So that's my that's my body. Those are some fun water cooler talks. Uh, body what were you talking about today? I don't know. I just I wanted to tell that story. I wrote down oh tell God. MCI story. So that's what I wrote down for my body bag. I've lost all. Just think May- about what a twelve year old could get a grown woman to say to their friend. Like I could call Nate and make a girl tell him anything that I wanted and any sort of inflection that I wanted. Jeez. for as long as I wanted and they would do it for hours Nick and Nate follow that <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh yeah
Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I just, I feel so bad for like, if anybody like didn't know what was going on in those conversations and I'm sure it was just a bunch of teenage boys doing teenage boy shit, but uh-huh. God damn, that sounds terrible. <laughs> so All right. So hey, what, what's your worst job? What, what's your worst job? Yeah. So ahead? my worst job I ever had, I grew up on a ranch and uh, my uncle raises pheasants and chuckers, another kind of game bird and shoveling shit is probably easily the worst job I've ever had. And it's just a nasty, there's these big brooder house buildings that are, we're in the middle of the summer and it's like, so it's a hundred degrees outside and it's like oh, so it smells and it smells wonderful. Oh, it smells horrible. There's sawdust and that you, that's got shit in it in the very back where the waters are. It's all goopy and it's just nasty. I remember one time I had my, I think it was my brother. So my brother's out there working with me. <laughs> the infamous <laughs> and, Tim Beck. And, He's fucking with me like usual because I was younger, five years younger than him. And at one point, like mouthed off to him or whatever. And my my pen was clean. And he no, his pen was clean. And I took a little bit of sawdust and I threw my shovel and I threw it on his clean floor. Well, then he went and took a big old goop, a scoop of goopy shit, and I started to run. And he threw it and it hit the like it like basically slung, slingshot it at me and just hit my back with just big wet goopy shit. <laughs> And I was like, fuck this, I'm out of here. And I probably started crying because I was picked on and whatever. And so, yeah, it was pleasant shit in the back. Yeah, just a nasty job covered in sweat and shit. Nice. Well, speaking of uh, shitty moments for BBK, uh, we decided to have our wives on the pod. (laughs) I segue. And uh, yeah, we were talking about the movie Crazy Stupid Love. And then we decided to draft the most attractive men. And we thought this would be. Easy. Come on. We know what a, a good looking guy looks like. And we decided to have our wives judge. And what we found out was we don't know shit about attractiveness <laughs> and handsome guys. And it did not work out so well for any of us. Um, yeah. Let's just hear how the wives uh, basically destroy us. So we have our, our four beautiful wives, uh, Courtney, Lisa, Denise, and Melissa all here joining us today to judge our t- taste in men. <laughs> <laughs> because when you objectify and sexualize men, you want nothing more than your wives to weigh in on your opinions. Okay. It's very meta, isn't it? <laughs> it's like a hall of mirrors. Okay. So um, what we're going to, what I want to do first though, is pick apart a little bit uh, the process. So, so we drafted our men and we, we sent our draft, uh, anonymized our, our lists off to the ladies and then uh, the wives conspired, conversed, <laughs> conspired, and uh, they I will came say I, I ventured into their their discussion just briefly, and it was it was very intense. Were, <laughs> and they looked at me like, "What the fuck are you doing no, here?" Brad like, went oh, down. Shit. Brad went down on a break, and he came back up just looking like shell shock, like he <laughs> like, he, like he just Hail. walked walked in on the like the bathroom scene in Full just Metal Jacket. To hug my he children. <laughs> I do want to say too that the the wives were our second choice. We told Scott that we were drafting hottest men, and he was like, "You know what, guys? I, th- I think I'm going to pass it. This is me." Uh, okay, so first, I want to ask, what was your strategy in trying to come up with a list? Like, you know, so 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 how did you guys how did you guys decide how you were going to decide? So we sat down at a table with a whole bunch of wine and we decided that we were going to go round by round. And in each round, we basically ranked the hottest gentlemen, the ones that just got those juices flowing. And <laughs> quite honestly, warning. a lot of them were dry as salty. It just did not happen for us. 
<laughs> Bad drought. <laughs> so, 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 let me ask you this: How many of you listen? Who listens to the pod here? Who actually? And let's be honest, ladies. Who who's listened to more than half of our pods? I think I might be your biggest fan. <laughs> Zach's Lisa is uh, definitely seems to be based on her uh, Instagram well, profile. Well, she, she has to listen because how else is she supposed to, supposed to berate me for losing the draft? <laughs> She's like, what the fuck was that team you drafted? Zach, Zach won last week and the very, he literally didn't even, we did, he, it hadn't even – they'd announced the second place, which implicitly made Zach first. And before they actually announced him as first, he's on the phone with, Lisa, baby, I won. I won. <laughs> it was just – She okay. was very excited for me. It was uh, awesome. Okay. So, so okay. So, here's what I want to know. So, I know you guys came up with a system to come up – to get yourself down to one winner and one loser and some in, in-betweens. But what were the differences? Like, did you each have a have a style? So I'm gonna ask my wife first, Courtney. What, what was your uh, what was your jam? How are you different than the rest of the ladies in your evaluations? Well, it turns out that Lisa and I are not that different. Mm. <laughs> They're down there hugging in a very. Uh, I'd That's... say I, I'd say both of them are at best seventy percent straight based on the way they're sitting together. So, so we I'm, were excited by similar gentlemen on the list and uh, upset that there were some missing men on the list. Okay, so so you two had, and would you could you characterize Lisa your your common sort of well, if you had to characterize your common sort of like taste, what would what would embody that? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, first of all, we both picked the same team as our number one. Okay. Absolutely, without question. It was close with another team, but we both had the same number one and the same Would number Would you say you like the pretty boys, the man's Absolutely men's, the dad no. bods? What do you, we where, didn't where like you the feminine no. men. Anything effeminate, anything no, seemed very young. Too pretty. Or like... No Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> 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 all right, Denise. Yes, you are you are betrothed to Nick, and by the way, I married Nick and Denise. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> That's and, true. And, and I tried to take the right of prima nocta as as is done. <laughs> oh my god! And and Nick oh wasn't in, dude, wouldn't allow it. And I was like, what? I thought you were a movie fan. <laughs> Fucking guy was like, no, you. That doesn't even make sense. Nate talked about our basketball, you know, our interaction <laughs> on the basketball course. You could imagine how that went down yeah, on the uh, in the wedding aisle. Nate was like, "What do you mean? <laughs> you I got mean this no. certificate on the internet that said I put you in the ground." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Denise, what would you say your uh, style was as it deviated from the ladies? Oh, I don't know that it deviated so much. Um, I guess I tend to like the more like all-American boy. Oh, geez, that's a surprise. <laughs> You Just mean, look at Nikki. Kind of like your uh, quarterback artist, uh, <laughs> beautiful husband. Yeah. Yeah. The quarterback artist is not necessarily. God, God, I didn't even that's, think that's about very European, how. European, actually. That's very. <laughs> I literally describe you as a quarterback artist anytime. That's the first thing I said. I didn't that's think about like, Europeans. Nate is, or Nick is so hot, but like. He's a quarterback and an artist. I, like, how did Jesus you? Christ! I didn't he would be a number one together. draft pick if we did this like with ba- ba- like. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> we're talking about my wife. Now. I'm sitting let's, in a let's, puddle let's right now. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Melissa. Uh, how, besides the fact that you obviously like men with really, really sort of stringy braids, <laughs> um, and questionably uh, quaffed facial hair, what would you say your type is relative to the ladies? So the thing you didn't mention when you're berating my husband there is what amazing sense of humor he is. And I, honestly, that was just missing from a lot of your picks was a lot of the personality. Oh, there you go. You said these were the sexiest characters, but I honestly think it, someone said they just Googled photos and looked at shirtless actors. And that's how you guys picked. And that is not 
that's necessarily not what, what we agreed on at all. No. <laughs> when, when we get into some of the ones you missed, I think you're going to notice that it wasn't always the pecs and the abs. We, we did. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Is, that is just one of my all-time favorite episodes. This, that's the episode that I steer people to if they haven't listened to us yet. I'm like, check this episode out. Because for some reason, just the way that they just destroyed you and just the whole interaction, they were so good. They were so personable and such a great... It just worked really well. So that's one of my go-tos when I say, hey, check out this episode. We heard that from a lot of folks that were just really into the fact that we, we put ourselves out there and and just got destroyed. And the, the wives, they were game. They were game, yeah. and they had some great takes. And, yeah, we learned a lot about ourselves, I think, all of us <laughs> that night. Um, so, yeah, a little bit later after that, we uh, uh, my wife got to make a uh, – a reappearance on the pod when we talked about Love Actually because uh, both Nate and my wife have a big affinity for the movie Love Actually. And you know there is a, a scene in that movie that is very controversial to this day when uh, a young gentleman brings a bunch of cards to his his uh, best friend's wife's house. Yes. Well, I guess it's his best friend's house and his wife's house. Right. They, they kind of live together since yeah. they're married now. And he uh, knocks on the door and decides to uh, express his love through card. And uh, yeah, we've always had some problems with that. And the discussion, uh, this is what we decided to talk about with this whole situation here. All right. Okay. So, <laughs> so now we get to the card. So let, let's talk, cause, because we, we so often focus just on the scene. Let me make the case for the, the whole thing. Okay, so this is a guy. This is a guy who's who he's is his best friend, and by no choice of his own, this woman comes in. You know, comes in, gets engaged, and married to his best friend. He's the best man at the wedding, and she seemed to think that he doesn't like her. Yep. And he, he's and been he's, also Peter thinks the same and, thing. Her and husband. He, he's been super standoffish, obviously, right? He's kept distance, and he even says, right, it's like a self protection thing. Like I'm trying to keep distance. He tries to shut down her calls, so he videotapes her, like, and he's focused on her, but obviously is like trying to do that. You know, that was edited in a very erotic way. That <laughs> sure, video that was sure, played. It sure, was super sure edited. It was. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, it's weird that he has this tape and it's like, <laughs> and then he's like, uh, it needs some editing. It's like, you obviously edited it, yeah, bro. bro like you edited the best, shit like, out of this. What, 10 seconds of each clip. So she shows up, right? Unbeknownst, like she shows up, she, you know, and he's like devastated that she, she's seeing this because obviously he's been trying so hard to like push this down, not deal with it. So then he goes outside and like, and when I think the like, best scenes of like physical acting in the movie he's not like, the turtleneck zip up he oh, zips yeah. the turtleneck oh, up best turtleneck zip. He, he like <laughs> flips around like he's gonna go back and then he flips around and he leaves and he goes and he goes around the corner and he freaks out and the guy's kind of worried i mean like you know the, the the music's playing so there's this whole like lead up to this where this guy's like clearly really really struggling with the fact that like he knows he shouldn't feel this way and he certainly shouldn't do anything about it and like he's dealing with this and then finally he gets to this point where he like she knows there's nothing he can do about the fact that she knows now like she's kind of caught him off guard so he so so my sort of read of the situation is always that he is like okay like there's some unsaid things here and like i want to i want to explain myself behind I, his best friend's back behind his best friend's back that's yeah. the issue so I think so I agree with that and I and I'm not I'm not saying that there's not problems but I guess I'm saying I think the characterization that what's happening is he's trying to like so so I think sometimes it gets characterized as though he's trying to win her over and I don't read it that way at all right like for me it's the ultimate expression of like I totally get it like I'm not asking for anything I'm not looking for anything and I don't expect anything here I'm just trying to 
you know, now that it's on the table, I want to say my piece and I'm walking away. And so like, I think partly, right. Because he's like, I don't want to lose my best friend over this and I don't want to, and I don't, and I, and I don't want to make it, you know, sort of like a thing that it doesn't need to be because I'm, I'm going to walk away from this. And so for me, is that the better man though? Is the, be- isn't the better man, the guy that just says, right. I got to keep this because in. Because what if she hops, ever she possibly hops into his arms, my... she hops into his arms yeah. right there. He is leaving with her there on the spot. So I think a hundred percent. Right. So, so, so I don't disagree with all of that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, but I guess my take on this is that's some of what I like about the scene in the movie, similar to the one we were just talking about, which is, you know, there's some reality there, right? Which is like, not every dude's going to be a good dude in that situation, right. you know? Right. And like, not every dude's going to be a terrible dude in that situation, right? And this is kind of that like well, we need more context awkward of, compromise. Yeah. What, what kind of context of, of what kind of best friends are they? Like, I mean, have they been best lifelong man. best friends? Have College they, friends. Best since, man at his wedding. I mean, you got to yeah. think that they're as close as they get. And right? in terms Brazilian of Brazilian hookers who are actually men. They're pretty <laughs> close friends. That was one thing, too. That, was that a all, weird but scene. That's a weird, like, little, <laughs> window, window, little window into their, like, what they're into and their relationship. Did I, anyone else watch that for the first time, though? And think like these two were that a they couple. Were and he was yeah. saying the yeah, 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 a hundred percent, yeah. Well, maybe it was just jokes. Like that's just like when you when you when your no. friends are bullshitting back and forth, and you like and you start like making it sound worse than it was. Like, yeah, that could be too. I thought that I would I never know. do that to you guys. It's just further evidence, though, of how close they were. So I guess my question then, because I have basically the same read on it that you do, Nate. That that people who think this is a terrible scene look at it as this is supposed to be a romantic gesture, and I don't in any way think that it is. I think that it's his apology because at that point... Then it's a selfish you, gesture, right? Because he's doing yes it for and his no, own... no, because he just walked out after she saw this video. There was no closure whatsoever. There was no apology. But it's there not his lady. No, he doesn't know her anything. It's not course. his girlfriend. It's not his wife. But he's going to be in their lives because this is his best friend's wife. So what do you do? You just, like, don't say anything ever again? Like you were saying, the bigger man, like, just lets it go. Like, there is no letting it go after that video came out, which... To me, was like the big. Well, there's first no letting issue. it go for him. Well, you don't edit the video in the first place, and it's <laughs> sitting labeled <laughs> next to your other videos. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> uh, and also, I just want to say, in terms of like movies, it's an iconic, yeah, so proclamation of love. Like yeah. it was on, you know, it may or may not be high up on my list, uh, possibly for a draft. I won't say. But it was it's a t- it was the top of my list. Could be, love, yeah, yeah, so, could so be if, the bottom of my list. If could we're talking about memorable, memorable. Right? I mean, there was a Ted Lasso episode <laughs> that like parodied this recently. And there's so there's a I new Netflix a, Christmas movie that just uh, borrowed from it too. What was the one with uh? Was it in Love Hard? Yes. Okay, you're right. That was yeah. Spoiler I have a alert! It was at the end. I have a question. So in another context, do the cards? play as strongly as a movie moment to like profess love outside of this is my best friend's wife. See, I think not at all. What's the point? So to me, like as I was watching that scene, it's like, so why do you do that? Because if you call her, if you try to talk to her, if you Mm -hmm. text her, you're bringing your husband into it. And you said behind his back, but at the same time, like, do you want him to be a part of this where he's basically saying like, Sorry that this happened. That's why you I know think it, you're that's perfect, how you know it's wrong. But it's over. Because you don't want him to What know. if he comes to the door? Right. <laughs> then you have a whole 100%. separate set of cards that's saying, a, Hey buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like if he shows up and she's like, It's Carolers, and then he's still standing there, and then he walks up, what is gonna be uh uh what's Step that conversation? On our alternate I, think, ending. I think that's a He's a very fast runner. <laughs> I think that was in the deleted scenes. Oh uh, uh, yeah.
So it is post Christmas, and I gotta say uh, a shout out to my wife. She won. She wraps presents like she's so legit about. It. She makes she in our guest room. She just sets up like a little factory, a uh-huh. present wrapping factory, and it's just like as things show up, packages and stuff. I mean, she just goes to work, but she constantly has on loop Love Actually, the entire time. Like, so still, if I'm working on yeah. and if I'm working on my computer, like I can hear it playing, and it's just it was on a loop like. As soon as it was over, it would start right back up. So she probably watched it about a good six, seven times during the uh, during the holidays. So. I love it. It's one of my favorites too. I was actually a little bit bummed I wasn't on that episode. And uh, <clears throat> what was funny was for some reason, because my brother and I have pretty similar tastes in a lot of ways, and I thought he would he would love it too because it's one of my favorites. And so he watched it because I was like, dude, it's great. You'll like it, and there's boobs in it and everything like that. And he watched it. He's like. Dude, that movie fucking sucks. <laughs> he, <laughs> he hated it. There so, you go, Tim. Yeah. I like that. I like so, that. It's it needs more haters because it's got I think too many people that kind of love it. I think it needs more haters. Yeah. So. All right. Well, our next uh, segment here. This was a this is a magical moment. Um, not just for for Nate, but for the pod itself. Uh, the fact that we had a segment that we've called "Drinking with the Director." And from the beginning, we, we decided that we'll have a segment on the show where we're going to talk as if we were interviewing the director of the movie, asking them questions about that, that we had, and, and always tongue-in-cheek and having fun with it. Well, um, at one point, BBK actually got to drink with the director of the movie Hoosiers, and we had David Anspa, the director of Hoosiers, and Rudy come on the pod, and it was, uh, it was a surprise. It was awesome. And uh, Mr. Anspa was great. It was a lot of fun to talk to him, and uh, it was cool because Hoosiers, uh, a small town, uh, uh, playing basketball, talking about small town Indiana, and we grew up in a small town. So I mean, us growing up in small town, sports were very big, uh, uh, basketball, football, etc. So it was fun to kind of connect on that level of of, of small town sports and, and what they mean to uh, the people that live in those towns. So let's check this out. You grew up in Decatur, which is a town now. I mean, at the time, the census says it was around nine thousand people, which is about the size of the town that we we live in. So, I mean, was was basketball in that area similar to the way that it sort of you know the culture shows up in Hoosiers? Without question. Um, again, one of my, one of the responsibilities that I felt. I mean, basketball. Well, sports in general. Now. Let me let me go with basketball for a while, because that's what I first like grew up with. And my father had uh, was a professional photographer and he had a studio just a couple blocks from the high school gym. Usually he'd be working on a Friday night and my, my mom would drive and we would park in the studio studio and we'd walk through this alley a couple blocks to get to the gym. And I'll, I mean, right now I'm sitting here. And I can hear it and I can smell it. I can almost feel it. The closer you get to the gym, you heard the band playing, you heard the people cheering, you could smell the popcorn. Um, You know, the reason it was so popular, I mean, Angelo and I believe that uh, in the Midwest was because when the crops were in those small towns, there was shit, there was nothing to do. So that was the place to be on the weekend, you know, was the high school basketball game. And in some cases, football game. Now, I, our basketball teams were fairly good, but not that good. 
our football was actually better. I played quarterback on uh, and. Nick, I was all state honorable mention. Ooh, uh, you got you got me beat there. <laughs> yeah, I'm all league TVL, all league. And and the first, actually, the first college football game, there was a doctor in town that had season tickets, and he invited me with his family to go see Notre Dame play football. Oh, right. That was my that was my first college football. Game. Wow. And Mike Ditka was playing tight end for Pitt. Down there, right. and that wow. The gold oh, helmets sure. and all, that's freaking awesome. I mean, if somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, kid, you know, in about 40 years, you're going to be down in that field making <laughs> one of the best. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the tradition and the spirit and what, what moved us all in those small towns, particularly in the Midwest, was, was basketball season. And those nights going to those games, everybody had the same reaction that I just described to you. You got, you all probably had a similar kind too, whether it was football or basketball. But I mean, I just remember, you know, walking with my mom and just going into those gyms and to actually think, and it was so deafening when you walk inside, the cheering was so loud and we had a beautiful gymnasium too. And uh, to, to have to, to recreate that and try to capture the sight and sounds of those nights and days and nights for me was like like pulling the sword out of the stone if i could even come close to that yeah and i remember i tried to do it sort of in one shot when right before the first game when they go up the stairs and the team goes on to the board and hackman is is the last one there and just before he says welcome to indiana yeah. basketball yeah that for me was this sort of kind of sort of a visual equivalent of what it was for me. You could hear what was going on in there. You knew there was a lot of excitement. And then he walks through the door and there it was. And it just, and I did a 360 around it just to show the excitement all around the gym and the noise and the team coming running out from the dressing room and, and just trying to capture all of it in one shot, you know? You never know if those things work or not, but I, I think it maybe added some nice flavor to it. But, but you know, but keeping that that spirit and that sound and those experiences throughout the whole movie was was very very tough, you know. And we didn't know. I mean, the one thing, fortunately, that Orion was they were almost insisting that we shoot the movie in Canada, and we said no, 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 no. They're not going to get it. You know, I mean, fans aren't going to get it. Their courts the, are bigger. The, the, Their courts are bigger up there, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're ice. <laughs> you see, <clears throat> all those crowds were people that lived in that town, and they all knew basketball. And right. you didn't have to coach them you'd, at all. Right. As a matter of fact, the best story of all is in the final game when uh, it's the last night of shooting, and we had uh, – that's another story about how we got the – we had we had the gym for four nights and and it was basically empty the first couple nights and uh, we we were able to bring a high school game to be played there and we asked the the people from both schools to try to come in period dress and they gave us a half an hour at halftime that's where all the footage of the basketball footage of the game was shot mm -hmm. during the halftime and then we had to stage certain things of course in a half an hour those were done yeah you had to you shot the whole thing in a half an hour. No, no, no. Just, just the, 
the crowd reaction. The basketball footage, yeah, without without. In other words, I told him, I said, "You're going to throw it up. It's going to be a jump ball. We're going to start, and when we go, our cameras are. I think we had five or six cameras. They're all going to be loading and reloading. It, you can call a foul if you see one, obviously, but you can go to the line, but you don't shoot. You just keep playing. In other words, they played for like." 20 some minutes nonstop, gotcha. which was awesome. because by the time, by the time you got to the end, those guys were so gassed oh, <laughs> that in those shots towards the end of the game and you see the sweat and you see these guys diving for the ball and just, you know, could barely catch their breath. That was for real. And, you know? and this, so this is the, I mean, this is one of the things I was going to bring up is that the actors, this is a super unique thing about the movie. The actors are all or almost all just local high school players, right? They they weren't professional they were. actors, the, the the ones that were on the team. Uh, the only one that was professional was David Nydorf, who right. played Gene Hackman's son. And uh, but he was just a rookie, you know. He had like maybe done one movie before ours, I'm not sure. But we saw over a thousand guys in Indianapolis, uh, you know, open call, and we had uh Tom Abernathy, who used to play for the Lakers, and he was on the on the IU undefeated team, Seventy Sixers, and he came to the tryouts in Indianapolis, and we would we would divide them into groups of ten, five on five, full court, and we would run them like five, seven, whatever it was, uh, just to get an initial look at these guys, and based on Tom, and our choices we sort of narrowed it down to like 75 people that had the right look and that had the right ability so it seemed i mean how important is it is in this you know in both both rudy and hoosiers right i mean one of the hallmarks from my perspective is and, and this is not true of a lot, a lot, a lot of sports movies is that everybody looks like they can play the sport, right? I mean, there's definitely there's no, yeah, there, you know, and, and, and so how important was that? And sort of the, the, you know, to you generally in making the movie and, and for that matter, both movies and, and for choosing the actors that were going to play in this. It wasn't even important. It was like not even up for discussion. We, in fact, that's why Angelo wrote the arcs of the stories rather small for them because he didn't think that you know, I could turn them into actors in two weeks, you know, rehearsal. Uh, the truth was we had, we wrote more lines for them because they were so good, <laughs> but basically we went after the, the, the guys that looked apart that were really amazing players. Some of them were farmers. One guy was a ring salesman. Another guy sold insurance. <laughs> uh, they did all kinds of stuff. Right. And one is a dentist. Well, he wa- he is now, but he was going to dental school. Do you stay um, in touch um, with any of the actors? Almost like a oh, yeah. a miracle, f- yeah. you know, the 1980 hockey team kind of a, of a group. Do you guys stay in contact? Do they stay in contact, as far as you know, or they do? Um, I missed uh, the last uh, uh, at the Hickory Gym. That gets into a whole other subject, but yeah, we're gonna get the Hickory there. Gym, Hickory Gym, basically. Have you ever gone to their website? No, I you haven't. You're really missing something. Hickory Gym uh, is free. It's open every day, I think, except Sunday. You can walk into that gym, and it is 100% exactly the way it was when I walked out of the gym when I finished it. Wow. And the locker room. Nothing has changed. I think they had to move the foul lines, you know, back. Mm -hmm. High schools play there almost every weekend. College 
games are played there. Uh, Magic and Kobe, a bunch of guys showed up for, you know, some ex. I mean, everybody, people <laughs> wow. come from all over the world. The last time I was there, there was a family from Spain. It was a mom and dad and two young boys. And they they died. they had to see where this game was played. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's kind of mind boggling in that sense. You know, you never dream that you would have your hand in something like this. Well, right. No, you, you can't. You can think of two movies, Field of Dreams. Obviously, they've done the Major League Baseball tie-in now recently, but but Hoosiers is the other one. I mean, when you get Indiana, they put on the Hoos- uh, the the Hickory uniforms every year, and it's like, I mean, that's still a staple of 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 just everything in pop culture. I mean, Hoosiers, that gym is legendary, and, and the fact that that still exists and, and people get to play there, that's that's amazing. Oh yeah. Oh god, that was such an interesting interview. I, I, again, this is another one I wasn't on, and. I was as excited as you guys were when you told me he was going to be on. And I just listened to that thing and, oh, there were so many interesting, cool stories. If you haven't heard that episode and, you know, maybe you're new to the show, go back and listen. It's so cool. The stories about, you know, all the in, the insights behind with Gene Hackman and everything like that. He gets into the weeds on some cool stuff. And so, yeah, check it out. Yeah, a little beef with the uh, the writer of it. Like they've had, they've had some some issues and things. But I will say when, when I, I showed up at Nate's to record that episode, he was sitting there with Anspa on Zoom. And I come sit down. I'm trying to like get situated. And Nate's like, oh, I got to go to the restroom. And so I'm like just sitting there. It's like me and David Anspa. I'm like, hey, what's up? <laughs> it just it hey, felt dude. weird because like, I mean, that was our first like really gigantic guest. I was like, right. dude, this is cool as hell. And now I'm just sitting here. Uh, yeah, let me get my shit set up so we can start talking. Right. <laughs> it was it was a little awkward, but it was fun. Um, all right. <laughs> In BBK, if you've listened to us for a while, you'll you, there are definitely some some little inside jokes, some little things that uh, uh, if you're a longtime listener, you know uh, uh, what's up when we talk about things like like grenadine, for example. <laughs> um, grenadine is is the favorite uh, cocktail mixer of Nate. Um, he likes to mix it with uh, with Coke and or excuse me with Diet Pepsi mm-hmm. and whiskey, mm-hmm. and the whiskey could be anything from top shelf down to uh, some some rot gut. But at some point, uh, we had a little conversation about if you finish last, last place in a draft, what does that mean? And uh, our, our, our former member of BBK, Nick, broke it down for us. And we had to play this one because you need to know what your status is, whether you're fourth place right. or third place after the draft results. And we make this reference numerous times. We, we've done it, I know, a lot recently. Yes, and if you get last place in the draft, you know what is said. Let's let Nick tell the story here. Can you tell us what your shit-ass team is? My shit-ass team is Team 4. It had Goose and Maverick from Top Gross. Gun. Gross. Pandering fucking bullshit. Pick to Scott. Okay, Bill go and to the Ted. Bill, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, that's a fucking Oscar winner. That's a Brad right, What do we got next? Frodo and Samwise, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, they want to fuck each other. They're not best friends. What's your next pick? Doc Brown and Marty McFly. Yeah, the Back dude's the 79 Definitely years old friend. and he's 16. There's nothing problematic about your list at all. I think that's a winning list if I've ever it's heard. It's okay because Miyagi's 68 and Daniel's son's 14 or what? Is that, that makes it okay? No, it's because... That makes it okay? It's because he's Stop an older it. Asian veteran Stop that it. fought for... Dude, bro. <laughs> You're talking about a purple heart. 
recipient, uh, dude. Let's 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 hear our judge kind of break it down. He's the one who made the decisions. Let's let's hear what he has to say. Okay, here we go. Oh, um, third place over Han, here Han, having Han, all sorts of opinions. In third place, you don't I get got, any fucking opinions, I got bro. Plenty. I got when you're well, in third I got place, one. When fourth you're place in doesn't third get no. Place, you don't get to have fucking fourth opinions. Fourth doesn't get the opinions. Uh, I get one opinion. <laughs> Oh. Fourth gets grenadine and zero opinions. <laughs> I get no grenadine and one opinion. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, oh, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> it's Christmas time. Uh, We're out sorry. Of control. I'm sorry, Scott. Go ahead. Oh yeah, Scott. You were a longtime judge before you became a, a member of the of the pod here. Uh -huh. So, what do you think about last place trying to uh, plead their case to you? Do you think they do they deserve any opinions? Well, no. They should just drink their grenadine and have no opinions, just like Nick said. <laughs> and it's just it's it's so great that we have a little thing because because every time, just about every draft, somebody starts bitching and complaining and and saying, "Well, but this this," and like, "Hey, look." <clears throat> Just shut up. You don't have any opinions. Yeah. You're last. And it's just nice to have a little thing to just knock them down a few pegs. And, uh, oh, God, that was great. Well, that, I mean, that brings up something. The, in, in the BVK world, we have drafts, and it, it can sometimes get a little uh, – that's when we get maybe the most agitated. That's when we, uh, mm -hmm. we, we, we definitely turn on each other. Um, the friendships definitely fall apart at times. Uh, and it gets sometimes a little vicious. And, and although it's never gone to blows – um, we were lucky to have a uh, a guest on when we talked about Shawshank Redemption. He kind of got it to set the stage of, you know what, here's the pecking order. If, if things really went down, this is what would happen because uh, our friend Mike, uh, he's a great guy. He came on after uh, our Shawshank Redemption pod to talk about his, uh, his he had spent some of his life in prison. And uh, so we got some some really interesting insights into uh, uh, what prison life is like and, and Mike who's a, a, a great guy, he, he started breaking it down about the, the real realities of, of what prison life's like. And so we had to ask him, though, at the end, if the four BVK members of the time, that would, that would have been Nick, Nate, Zach, and Brad, if we went into prison, what would happen to us? And Mike sure, <laughs> sure gave us an answer. And I was in the background for this one. I was just loving it. One of the things that you might know is that we do these highly competitive drafts and, uh, you, you know, we're pretty competitive dudes here. And so, we, you know, no matter what arena you put us in, we want to be the best at it. And that includes hypothetical prison, Mike. So okay. here's what you got you to tell us. Just by the conversation, just by looking at us, which of us is likely to, if, if, if we all went to prison, which of the four of us is going to do the best and which one is, you know, you're, you're, you're really concerned about how they're going to fare here. I'd be concerned about this gentleman here. <laughs> Look at his fuck. <laughs> You'd be concerned about I'd be concerned about right, Dad. So he pointed at Brad first. All right. And, and really then nice. Zach. He's really okay. a nice so, guy. So, so what, uh, what are you picking up there? You just Is it the mustache on Brad that, you, that he's your like? Just hey. too square. Too, too square. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't look the part, brother. No, no offense, brother. But just, I, I'm glad. Yeah, is no, Mike just being nice and No, no Mike, me? for our whole our whole lives together, Mike has thought of me of like as like the biggest dork he knows. Yeah. No, let's do it straight square. So it's down to Nick and I. Who, 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 which of, who, 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 who between Nick and I are going to be the shot caller? Uh, Chances are you would be. Yeah, that's right. I would be. Because uh, you're you pretty big. You put together, you put together <laughs> you a nice interview, bud. But, but, but with son. that being said, he'd smart, the smaller guy would be the smarter one. That's right. You know what I mean? Because yeah, you're going to be the target. 
You know what I'm saying? They're going to automatically go for you whether you're calling the shots or you're, oh, that's a big old boy and we don't want him to get his hands on us. So you think the bigger you are, people put a target on your oh, back? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, Nick's over there just hoarding fucking uh, Top <laughs> he's Ramen. All the he's just like Top Ramen Slinging in, in ramen, like, cans that he's made into knives. That beef but, ramen. Uh, <laughs> All right, hey, Mike, I, seriously, we can't say enough about how much we appreciate you coming on, dude. Yeah. It's super interesting, you know, obviously for the pod's sake, but just for my own sake, I've been excited just to hear hear, hear the sort of the perspective. And uh, so it's it's awesome, man. We really appreciate it. Thank and you And so I really much. appreciate you guys having me come out. It was real fun, real entertaining. Cool. Pleasure to meet you guys, and I'll do it anytime you need it. You know hey, you mean? know what? You don't appreciate say it man. if you don't mean it, because we're going we're, we're gonna <laughs> to suck you right back <laughs> in. Okay, hey, so that's, hey. You asked Scotch Beck over there, who, <laughs> yeah. who by the way, is we, the... We asked this guy on one podcast. Well, He's been done like been ever since. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know that's that's the thing. You know that's something else that the prison system has taught me. Okay, I'm not gonna blow smoke up your ass. I yeah. don't have to. Yeah. You know what you I mean? Because yeah. you'll just fucking punch me in the face. If I have to. You know I mean? Hey, I'll be honest with you guys. I walked in. I sized every one of you up. What do I got to do? Yeah. What am I going to have to do to hurt this motherfucker if he's trying to hurt me? Oh, that guy. And that's what you do in the penitentiary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I told you that first night, I was scared, boy. I mean, I was scared like a bitch. But I wasn't going to let nobody else in that motherfucker know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the first motherfucker said, hey, dude, woo, woo, woo. Fuck you, homeboy. We're fighting. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. All you know right. what I mean? That's how you earn your respect. Oh, uh, you know, I'm later, I'm going to try to, you know, put put the, I'm a, now that I know Nick's my competition, <laughs> shit's going to get real. Oh, watch out. All right. I think us three can swing on Nick pretty hard. That's it. That's right. If they learned anything from Mike, it's if one of you goes, you all go. That's right. That's right. All right. Mike, thank you so much. Mike, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Awesome, you guys. Oh, yeah. Man, I don't think I've ever disagreed with somebody more. Mike coming <laughs> in and calling Zach and I out. We're the ones who are, are who are toast in prison, uh, thinking that Nate and, and Nick are going to be the, the the successful ones. What right. do you think? What do you think, Scotch? You know us well. I think you're all fucked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got to be straight up. Uh, but no, I, I think you had. I don't think you deserve to be the first one called out because you're a bigger dude than you look when you're sitting down at a podcast. I, I think maybe he didn't see that you're actually, what are you, like six foot two or something? Six two, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like going, really? He picked Brad out? I mean, yeah. I, I guess maybe you're just sitting there, maybe the mustache, you know, may, knocked you down a peg or two. I don't know. <laughs> maybe the braids, you know, yeah. no, no offense, but. I think he, I think you said that we were, yeah, he were square. That's what he said. He's, like, he's like, you guys are squares. So, all right. Well, that was, that was a great one. And Mike was an awesome guest and, and, and Mike's a great guy. Next, we've got, this is a pretty recent episode. Uh, we just did most memorable romantic one-liners, and uh, it was a great draft. And we had uh, our friend Kendra. She came on. Uh, Kendra is uh, Walter, the brewer of Last Call Beer. He, uh, it's his wife, his lovely wife, and she's now made two appearances on the pod. And she came in to talk about the most memorable romantic one-liners in movies, and uh, in just classic fashion, Zach <laughs> immediately sends the conversation to a, a hard left. And uh, yeah, this is a great one. When you think of r most memorable romantic one-liner, like what are you, what are the criteria you think of? Like what what has it have to have to be memorable one-liner to you? So when Brad approached me about this, I think how, a few, however many days ago, um, I was, I've been thinking about it and thinking about it. And I was like, you know, there's a handful of things. One of them is like, would I want to be on the receiving end of the line? 
Right. Of course. Ooh, yeah. I liked it. You know, yeah. like if someone said that to me, would I be like, oh my gosh? Or would I be like, mm. You know what I mean? Like, which direction are we going? Uh-huh. Um, and then it was, uh, do I have like, because you know, I'm a 34 year old woman. I have a lot of ties to romantic movies. Like, do any of these, like, do I have an experience with them? Right. And then the last one was, uh, um, was just, I can't even remember what my other criteria was right now, but it was just like, rom-coms are such an important part of culture, I think, even if people don't want to, not even necessarily rom-coms, but romantic one-liners, you know, they're everywhere. They're all, they're what people say to each other is what you get in your little prom note when people want to take you. So it's a line just that, like, that's familiar. You've yeah. heard it multiple places, not necessarily in a romantic context, but just like in the world, maybe type it's, thing. Yeah, partially that, and then just like, does it move you? Like, yeah. do does you it give you those fanny flutters? Yeah, like even if, or would I want to say this to somebody else? Fanny flutters. <laughs> Back to the diarrhea, huh? You guys can't stop thinking about the cheese. You guys obviously don't watch Love Island, UK. No, but You're you like, know oh, what? No, don't spoil it. I'm, I'm, I'm like three hours. Okay. Constantly, the women constantly talk about fanny flutters, and then I was like, babe, why are they talking about fanny? Because oh, fanny it's, mean different. Exactly. In the Britain, you, you know say what something saying? nice to an English girl, she's like, oh, you're making my fanny flutter, and it's talking about her front butt, not her back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? First of all, <laughs> please do not call my lady business a front butt. Who just Let's start out. there. <laughs> Scott is laughing so hard, he's just like earthquaking the table. Scott's just about passed out. Hey. I, I like it, that I, but I would just, can we not skip past the fact that Kendra was like, I don't want you to call my lady business yeah. up front, but like, well, that was so, like sort of really tactful I have and a, fucking It's specific. better than front, but. I have a six-year-old. You respect that. I have a six-year-old daughter, and we, I had a discussion with my wife on what we were going to call her lady business. <laughs> And so I, I have a technical term. And so I immediately was like front butt. Like that's super easy, super simple. She'll get it. You know what I mean? Front butt. Same and same. my wife was like, no. And so she wasn't wanted to call it a vagina. I was like, what? That is so weird. Yeah, such I was a like, weird you're name. such a nurse. Weird. And then and then we ended up on Hootie. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so go, I tell her, go wash But then that brings a whole oh, roundabout yeah. to Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh, well, she doesn't know nice that. Nice callback to Jerry old, Maguire. But I, do, but I do tell her to go wash her Hootie and her booty. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a rhyming. That's it's rhyme. And then that's how she's going to remember. Yep. Exactly. Booty, booty. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're Sorry, back to what we were talking horrified about. horrified by the things. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say, like, there's there's just so many directions we cannot go. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> All right, so back to your lady business. But okay, yeah, the, okay, so yeah, thought about, like, which lines made my lady business flutter. Yes. My, my fanny, fanny flutters. flutters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I mean, I edit this pod, and I don't think I've laughed maybe harder than when I was editing that that conversation. <laughs> I was just listening to it again, and oh, my uh, God, it just keeps going just different directions, and, and it gets sillier and sillier. I think we were all just laughing our asses off at that point. Oh, my God. It's, it's so great because I've said this to you guys before. Like, I think I'm thinking so much about, like, the next segment or what I'm going to say or what we're doing. And like a lot of times I'll listen back every episode. I listen to every single one. And it's just one of those things like I'd kind of forgotten about the whole front butt thing. 
And as I'm driving, I was like, oh my God, I started laughing again and crying. It was just so fun. And uh, so it's like, it's nice to have this little weird little like quick Alzheimer's moments, but, I, but I'm at the pod and I don't even remember saying shit and it's really fun. No, for reals. And like, I, I would say that like every fourth or fifth episode I'll leave and I'll be like, oh God, that was terrible. Like that was, oh, yeah. uh, I just feel like it didn't go well. <laughs> there was no energy. And then. I'll go back to the edit and I'll be like, oh shit, actually, you know what? There's a bunch of funny moments here. And That's I know I'm tooting my own horn or tooting our own horn here, but I feel like it's kind of a fun show. It's a fun show to me. I'm, All a, right. fan. I'm a fan first, buddy. Well, speaking of, of of fun, we also, and I'll just tell the quick story. I, I might have t- told this on pod before, but I was at a Giants game and uh, that night we were supposed to record a pod. And so uh, we're going to be doing the movie Angus and we were going to have uh, a friend of ours, Tony, who's a giant fan of the movie Angus. And so I was like, oh, cool, we'll have him on. It's one of his favorite movies. This will be a fun night. Uh, so I'm, as I'm at the Giants game, I get a, a, a call on my phone, and it's from Instagram. It was like an Instagram live call. I was like, I don't even know what that shit is. I didn't, I didn't know that existed. And it's from some person named Charlie Talbert. And this shows, <laughs> this might be a little bit behind the curtain that, uh, uh, yeah, Brad was not prepared for this pod just yet because <laughs> he didn't even know the actor's name who was uh, the, the star of the, the movie. So I'm like, I don't know. I'm not answering that. And then I texted the guys. I was like, hey, what's up, dude? Some guy named Charlie Talbert. He's trying to hit us up on our on our BVK, BVK podcast uh, Instagram. And Nate immediately responded, that's Angus. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, call him back. I'm at a Giants game. Call him back. And we called him back. And yeah, he was like, sure, I'll do the pod. Yeah. And that was the first time we've had the main star of a movie, uh, Come on and uh, talk about their role and talk about all sorts of uh, uh, interesting things about their life, about being a young uh, a teen actor and and all the ups and downs of that for reals. Yeah. Like it wasn't it wasn't just all like oh my god I'm a teen actor and now this right. is like everything's great. He had a feature movie, yeah, with some amazing actors. But uh, he's had a good career and and he's just a great dude, really personable, yes. really funny and fun. And yeah, if you haven't listened to that episode, check it out. So this is us talking to Charlie Talbert and uh, uh, from the movie Angus, the star of Angus, and uh, check this out. No, man, I, I I came to New Orleans. I don't know what question led to that answer. Right, well, I don't, I don't what, you know what, what, what were you? T- time is a flat circle on Best Video King. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll, we just fa- we'll find, places, we'll find so. it again. <laughs> no, no problems. <laughs> oh, you're one of those flat timers. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong, wrong podcast. No, um, no, so yeah, man. So I, I, I did. I, I came to New Orleans. Um, my buddy was working on Django Unchained, Christopher Berry, and he, he and I both worked on it, Your Honor, and and uh, with uh, Brian Cranston. And he, he says, Charlie, you gotta, you gotta come to New Orleans, man. There's tons of work down here, and and I did. I blind moved. Never been here before, and like I said, started working right away, but. I wanted to keep doing the comedy, and a friend of mine, uh, Frank Estrada, out in LA, he was, he was on the wall at the comedy store now. Congratulations, sir. Yeah. Um, he says, you know, I got a friend, Jeannie Dean, down there in New Orleans. She'll get you to the stand-up, you know, stand-up company down there. You'll have fun. Only problem I had down here with stand-up was it was mixed with burlesque shows, and almost all. St- in fact, some guy offered me a full building that he would cover the overhead if we split the door, and the bar. And I said, okay. And then I did the comedy down here. And the problem is, is when you have stand-up comedy and burlesque dancers, 
you have two different audiences in there. So you got comedians that are like, my body's a piece of horrible nothing. <laughs> you, know, and, and, you know, it's just not the right two audiences. So I, and then I realized, I was like, you know what? I don't want to come here and I don't want to start over as an actor trying to be what the mold they were trying to fit me into, which yeah. was the funny fat guy. And I said, let me go down there and be a guy. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. who's got whatever going on. And I knew that I was trading larger parts for smaller roles and bigger projects with people that I really wanted to work with and and really kind of make a difference. <laughs> and so I shot a, I shot the Jesse J music video, Bang Bang, my last silly hurrah in, in my stand up outfit look. And, and then I got a car and I moved here and, and it just kind of changed from there. So I stayed away from the stand up comedy. Well, it sounds like it's working out pretty damn well for you. So, uh, I'll, I'll, I can't I'll, complain. I'm just gonna have to try to find your stand your stand up on YouTube. I guess I wouldn't do that. I, wouldn't do that. <laughs> I don't think any of that really. Time, you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, Charlie, I, I can't seriously, man. I can't tell you much how much we appreciate you coming on and how much of a privilege it is. You know, I, not to sort of overstate here, but like. We started doing Bev's Video Kingdom, you know, because we really loved movies and we sort of slowly waded into trying to invite some guests on. And uh, this is sort of my version of, you know, whatever the coolest shit, you know, you got to do. Right. Because this is, you know, this is your Angus, man. I mean, I, you know, like I truly like this is, you know, <laughs> I, I, tw 20, 27 years later. You know, I like a movie that has been, you know, in my sort of top 10 for, for my whole life and one that I watch once a year. Thank you. You're fucking Angus. And that's your, and that's, it's cool that you came on and we really appreciate it. I feel like, I feel like that would have been a great line for, for George's guy. Hey, man. <laughs> you're fucking you're Angus. Just Angus. <laughs> you're fucking Angus. <laughs> you're fucking Angus. You know what? You're right. <laughs> I mean, he basically said that in other words, but yeah. That would have been, that would have been the kicker for sure. <laughs> All right. Hey, that was Charlie Talbert. If you want to see him, uh, keep an eye out for upcoming product for projects, including where the crawdads sing. Uh, and uh, you know what? Thanks for coming. We'll be back. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. So we're definitely hoping in the future we uh, can get some some good guests. If any of y'all out there that are BBK listeners, if you have connections to uh, anybody in the movie industry, definitely hit us up. Mm -hmm. I mean, we'd be happy to to interview folks. It's always fun to talk to somebody who's a big star or somebody who's, you know, just just doing bit parts and things. Like, I mean, one of our, our, our favorite guests is having uh, Cliff Chamberlain on because yeah. he's, he's, uh, he's a working actor. He's making it in TV. He's been in some movies, and uh, uh, but he's not a superstar, right? But I, I, I love just hearing the, the behind the scenes and hearing about the guys that are, you know, just out there working and hearing the process and you know the audition Absolutely. process and all that stuff. It's really, really fascinating. So, and like I said, I've I've listened to every episode, and I haven't been on all of them. And the interviews that you guys have had are just really interesting and fun. So, yeah, and I, I hope <laughs> that's what what people take from it is that oh, these guys are fun to talk to, and right. and. Uh, I mean, I know for David Anspaugh, he said, oh, I've listened to a bunch of your episodes and I really like them. So yeah, that, that made us all feel that that, yeah, that definitely uh, had our our fanny flutters going. <laughs> your front butt? <laughs> our front butt. We're, we're all excited. <laughs> all right. So um, the next thing we're going to get into, and, and this was, man, this is sometimes you, you think somebody's supposed to be a bit player on this show. They're, they're the judge. But then you find out, you know what? Wait a second. They are way more talented and skilled. Not that we didn't doubt that Mr. Scotchbeck was ultra talented, but putting in some effort 
to creating something that just made us all <laughs> just smile and laugh. And it was amazing. Uh, was the time that Scotch Bag said, hey, guys, I got a commercial for you. <laughs> and he actually sent it to me because I, I do the editing. And so I had to be, have it ready for the board. He's like, I want you to put this on. I, want you to tell, I don't want you to tell the guys. I was like, okay. And so, of course, I had to hear it and I put it on. And then all of a sudden we get to the, we get to the pod and we played it. And it was just magical. It was magical. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to say. Let's hear it. And then we'll talk about it. Bev's Video Kingdom is brought to you by Super Tramp Stamp Tramp Stamps. Take a look at my tramp stamp. It's the only tad I got. You know you love my tramp stamp. Because it makes me super hot. It's like a bullseye above my butt crack And you know I'm down to fuck So buy me white claws, no need to roofie There's nothing that I won't do I'll spread my legs just for you Are you the kind of girl that craves a certain type of attention but lacks the overall skills to become that social butterfly you've always desired to be? Well, why not ink that butterfly in a location on your body that lets everyone know exactly what kind of gal you really are? Here at Super Tramp Stamp Tramp Stamps, we specialize in inking up your lower back in a way that's guaranteed to get you the attention that you seek and are sure to regret a decade later. Maybe you want something a little less subtle like a Target or All Sailors Welcome. Maybe put his favorite football team's home schedule back there so you can give him something to read while he goes to town. And of course, there's the ever-popular Daddy's Little Girl, so the world can see what type of issues you already have. Our tattoo artists are selected from the creme de la creme of former inmates, high school dropouts, and reformed gangbangers that we could afford. So come on down to Super Tramp Stamp Tramp Stamps, because you know you want it. Super Tramp is in no way associated with this product. Oh yeah. God dang, that is such a great song. <laughs> I mean, I love it because it's just like, I, I will say, I've always been a big Weird Al fan. And it's like, anytime you take a, a parody song and you turn it into something else, like mm. obviously Weird Al can't do this because he's not the type to do a, a, the more <laughs> uh, blue type of uh, lyrics and things. But right. Scotch. <clears throat> How did you come up with this? Like, was this just what? What? How did it hit into your head? Like, what? When? When you thought, like, I'm gonna make a commercial? Yeah. So at that point, <clears throat> you know, I'd been on the show quite a few times. I'd been the judge, and um, I think had I, I don't know if I'd done any commercials at all before this. I, I don't <clears throat> believe so. I don't remember. Um, and I just, you know, I, I, we'd worked on the theme song together, and and uh, maybe a couple of the bumpers at that point. Maybe I don't even remember if we'd done that yet. I don't think we'd done any bumpers yeah. yet. No. So, but I just wanted to, you know, bring some value and and some uh, some production value to this thing. And I had this idea, and I'd always made this joke that if I ever got a tattoo, I would get a tramp stamp, and it would be super tramp. <laughs> so I'd have a super tramp tramp stamp on my back. <laughs> And I've had this joke for years and I was thinking about, God, what could I do for this movie? I'd like to make a commercial. And all of a sudden the scene where they're at the wedding, he's like, tramp stamp, might as well be a bullseye. Yep. It popped in my head. And that's that super tramp 
just jumped in my, my brain and that whole song. And all of a sudden I just started singing it in my head. Yep. This was on our wedding crashers <clears throat> pod. It was uh, uh, uh tramp stamps, obviously. Uh, I'd say, I mean, that's probably when they kind of came into popular use. Was that from wedding crashes or was it earlier? Oh, uh, I think they were around, but you know, definitely put a name to it, put a name to it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, so I just kind of put myself in, I thought like, what would those guys, what would their attitude be? And obviously it's very misogynistic and, you know, not exactly, I think your wife had a great quote about that at one point when she heard it the first time. She said, "Like the the misogyny's on point, or something like that." I, yeah, I, I I think that was her 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 statement was the misogyny is on point, right. which <laughs> so it is it is. But you know what? It fits with the wedding wedding crashers as a movie. That was the point. It's that's the point. I mean, yeah. yeah, we don't have to be too sensitive here, but right. yeah, <laughs> I, I will say. Speaking of sensitivity, uh, this was a uh, the first time that BBK got put in uh, Facebook jail uh, because yeah. I think this song we we actually there's two things we right. always say it was either this song or is the fact that we posted a link to the movie Dogma. Yes, yeah, Dogma. Yeah, you you said you can get it for free on YouTube or something. You had a link. I think so. Yeah. And so I'm not sure which of these because they happened passed. at the same exact time. It did happen at the same time because we were pre- previewing I think Dogma next, and, and so and I don't know if it's because of the language. Cause you know, say down to fuck and, and, and the song, and, I think and somebody reported it or was it the fact that I used a song? Cause I, cause I used to, so I usually I, re- I record my own music, but but we put it on TikTok and that's what TikTok immediately flagged it for like saying it, the, the, the use of a song or something. Right. So, cause, cause I used the karaoke track instead of actually recording the instruments live, which I was going to do, but I also got COVID. That's right. right oh, I forgot about this. that. Yeah. You were, you weren't even, you were like, uh, on, on, uh, off location when you did that. Yeah. So I, I just, I felt like shit. I didn't feel like, cause I totally could have laid down all the instruments myself. I could have done it, but I was like, Oh fuck, I don't feel like doing that. Hey, it was a karaoke track, whatever. <laughs> and so that could have been what got us in trouble. But I, I don't know. I just, I had this idea and I wanted to keep it secret from the other guys. Cause I just wanted to make you guys laugh. And I, that every time I do a commercial, I don't tell you guys what I'm doing ahead nope, of time. Not at all. I don't tell you guys. I usually don't say the subject. I think I've done that maybe once or twice where I say, hey, I'm doing it on this. And uh, just because, man, making you guys laugh is that's, yeah. just, you know, what a musician wants, you know, or, or any entertainer wants is make somebody feel something and. When Scotch does commercials, I cannot look at them. I, I legit have to look away because otherwise I know I'm either going to just erupt laughing or I'm going to like just like completely laugh so hard that it's going to disrupt the commercial. So I, I cannot look at him while he's doing it. And I just try to hold it in as I'm as I'm laughing inside very, very, very hard. Um, well, Scotch obviously showed off his talents there and he is now, uh, he's obviously created all the music, all of our, our fun bumpers that we've added in the last uh, uh, 20 or 30 episodes here. It is all Scotch Beck produced, but you know what? I don't think he's produced a, 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 a piece of music. Now this guy has albums, available at scotchbeck.com. Thank you, buddy. Um, and uh, that's The Ballad of Bosco Jenkins. If you want to check it out, if you want to search for it on on Apple Music or if you want to search for it on Spotify, mm-hmm. et cetera. But I don't think he's made a more epic song than he did on our Big Lebowski episode. <laughs> Uh, and this was fun because it was a, a, it was a double secret. It was, it was double secret. You had yeah. two, two members uh-huh. had to hide stuff from the other two. <laughs> And they did so successfully because as I started listening, I was thinking, oh, this is Scotch Beck, produ- Scotch Beck production. And then all of a sudden, Zach jumps in as well. And let's just hear this, and then we'll talk about it to wrap up this episode. 
Bev's Video Kingdom is brought to you by the new album by Autobahn. <laughs> the, the Ballad of, of the Missing Toe. <laughs> Something wrong with Dinah Kabul. Send me here, cause I'm an expert. Would you like to touch my cobble? Fill you up with my love squirt. Oh, yeah. You have oh, yeah. I'm Dieter. And I'm Karl Hungers. <laughs> and we're two thirds of Autobahn. France is out getting the pigs in blankets. <laughs> we're here to tell you about our new album. Featuring such numbers as Frankenfurter Blues, Lincolnberry Pancakes, and the hit song that's sweeping the discotheques from Heidelberg to Dusseldorf. We'll cut off your Johnson! (laughs) (laughs) We cut off, we cut off, we cut off your Johnson. We cut off, we cut off, we cut off your Johnson. (laughs) Yeah, your wiggly piece, Lebowski, we feed it to our mom at Siegfried. We cut off, we cut off, we cut off your Johnson. We stop it. We stop it, we stop it till it's gone, son. <laughs> hey, Dieter. Yeah? Let's slow it down for the Lieber ladies. Oh, you want to tickle your Fräulein Schnitzel? How about our German power ballad? <laughs> we believe in nothing! <laughs> Fräulein, when you're taking all of Karl Hungus's schwanz, you got to ask yourself, <laughs> what do you believe in? We believe in nothing. Nothing. So, you boys had secrets? Oh, you, you boys, boys had secrets? Things? So Scotchback hit me up last week and he's like, hey, I've got this idea and I think we can pull it off. I don't want to tell the other guys, so you got to keep it a secret. And I was oh. like, all right, fuck. And so I went over there on Friday night and Scott already had like, he had the songs like already laid out. Or no, you came over to my house on Friday We night. brainstormed on Friday. Yeah. And we, and we wrote like all the, all the stuff that we were going to say and like talked about the songs and everything. And then I showed up on Sunday night on my birthday. 
I went oh, to birthday. Scott's house that night, we'll treat. <laughs> and he had already had the songs all laid out, and we laid down vocals and put down all the stuff in between, and it was freaking. I mean, oh. on, I honestly, is ninety nine percent Scotch Beck, and it was fucking oh, just so. Oh my unreal, god! Dude. Oh god! We, got, we gotta cheers our white Russians to that shit. Holy fuck! So just because this is not a visual medium, I want to oh, play it. So, so just to give you a little, so we're in the Bev's outdoor studio, and this song plays that we've not, that, that that Brad, Nick, and I hadn't heard. And immediately when the beat starts going, all heads are bobbing. Like it's, oh, a, it's I like, wanted to it's take like, a video. As oh my god! It was all of a sudden like it was like everybody's new favorite beat, and then it, intermittently people are crying as this is playing. I'm wiping my eyes as I'm listening. Oh my god! Yeah, and then Scott is miming the nine nine nine. So we well, we, we know recorded. when Zach's voice came in. That that's when I was like, and oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he, it's so funny because he wanted to tell you guys so much. He I told did. he told me the other night. He's like, "Man, I was hanging out with Nate." He's like, "Dude, I was so close to telling. Oh, him. I wanted to tell him so bad." <laughs> On Saturday, <laughs> I wanted to tell you so bad. Is that why you kept adjusting your dick constantly? That just was, like you couldn't stop like, touching it. Don't look at it. Nate was like, "Why do you keep touching erection. your dick?" I'm like, "I don't want to like, tell you." You're gonna cut off my Johnson. <laughs> We're gonna stomp on it and squish it. <laughs> no, but the best part was we we did all that and like we had pretty much everything laid down when I left his house on Sunday and then he sends it to me the next day and is like, hey, I edited it. And we had planned on recording some like Freddie Mercury-esque like uh, during the We Believe in Nothing song like like Scott did, but we hadn't done that. We forgot. And then Scott's like, I laid down some some Freddie Mercury stuff. And then when he comes in and just goes, nine, 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 nine. <laughs> so good. Uh, just made me laugh so fucking hard. Dude, that uh, is how you start and end a pod. Guys, this has been fun. Good night. <laughs> yeah. I hope you guys enjoy that magnificent ever. comedy uh, of Zach and Scotch. Man. Oh, yeah. My Lord. I mean, a masterpiece. And, and whether you're a Lebowski fan, even if you're not a Lebowski fan, the music is catchy as fuck. It is so catchy, it, and and the the end, the 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 uh, uh, the like the harmonizing, and then just bringing down like the uh, the the Freddie Mercury, uh, nine 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 nine. <laughs> I see. I can't even do it right now. But that's I'll leave uh, the, the talents to Scotch Beck. Oh man, God, it was so fun. It was super fun. Yeah, it was another. This I just had this idea, and I, I was just thinking about what am I going to do for this? And you know, you remember uh, whose line is it anyway? And, and Colin Mockery and Ryan Stiles were the two that they'd always do like the infomercial oh, yeah. type things. Mm -hmm. And for some reason that popped in my head. And so I was like, dude, how great would it be to like do an infomercial style with the band from this movie and this fake band that you don't really hear any of their music, but you know, they're, they're basically uh, basing them off of um, craft, craft work. work. Yeah. yeah. And so Autobahn was the name of their band. And I was like, shit, how cool would it be to actually do an infomercial on that? And I was like, okay, I need to bring in a partner for this one. And I knew Zach would be great for it. And gosh dang it. So we got together. We didn't tell the guys at all. And we, we, just, kind of, we just sat down. We brainstormed. It's like, okay, we could do this. We could do that. Like a song about this. And then I just came home and just started creating some random shit. And he came in. He dropped some amazing ad-libs. And some stuff that just I wasn't ready for either. And so it was super fun. And then again, I was just, I was so happy to just present this to you guys because, like, seeing the grins on your faces, you had the headphones on, and all of a sudden it starts playing, and all of a sudden your heads are starting to bob with the oh, music. We were all moving along. It was oh, so, so fun. Great. And, I, and I'll say it's like, it, it's a very, it's like a perfect example of the BB, BBK podcast because 
one, we've got some talented musicians, not just Scotch Beck, but I mean, Zach and, and Nate, they're mm-hmm. all, they're all talented musicians. We've got uh, uh, some humor to us, and and some of our humor can be can be very you know intelligent humor, but some of it can be very lowbrow, uh, uh, just a, a bunch of dumb teenage boy type humor. And and we've we've got that mix. So that that song has that perfect mix of of talent and silliness and and creativity and intelligence. I don't know. It's it's one of my favorite <laughs> things I've ever heard. No joke. No joke. All right, well, that kind of wraps up our greatest hits here. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I mean, some of it was a, a trip down memory lane for some of you, and some of you maybe like you haven't gone back to some of the old stuff. You're like, oh, shit, never heard that before. Mm-hmm. So um, if it is something that you enjoyed, all we ask, you know, uh, in this holiday season is for you to share it with some folks, tell some people about it. Um, we're wrapping up the year here, 2022. It's been a fun year for BBK. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've interviewed some amazing guests. We've had some uh, great times creating a, a beer, and we're about to do part two. And, yep. and you know, we're going to just say, let's just let's just run it again in 2023 and see if we can't get a little bit bigger. We, got, bit. we got some great ideas, some great movies coming out. We've, yes. we've got a, a, an Excel spreadsheet started of some, some amazing movies. And, you know, if you have movies you want us to, to do, throw them to us, you know, just hit us up on the socials. Let know. us know. And, and you know what? I mean, we, we like to play the hits. You know, we like to hit, mm-hmm. we hit those movies that, you know, a lot of folks have seen. And that doesn't mean that we don't like more obscure movies, but you know what? Sometimes it's fun to uh, talk about some of those more popular ones. Right. But I will say this. In 2023, we need you guys to share it out. Let's make it a little bit bigger, get a few more friends into it. Um, And we might, you know, have some different little surprises down the road. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've definitely got some ideas in the tank. So uh, let's make BBK just a little bit bigger in 2023 than it was in 2022. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. And uh, how about one last big uh, fuck you for uh, uh, for Zach and Nate, you know, <laughs> leaving us here all yeah. alone on, on Christmas? Oh, you're too busy during the holidays. Yeah, we're not busy during the holidays. You just had three Christmases, didn't you, I, I did do three Christmases. I wasn't about to do four no. because fuck four Christmases, <laughs> as, as you might have heard. Shout out, shout out Jason Whitehead. <laughs> Jason Whitehead, quit watching that stupid movie. <laughs> Uh, no, but we'll be back, uh, you know, uh, next uh, episode we'll have a movie. We're going to do... We do have a movie. We're going to be watching yeah. the movie Drinking Buddies, and this mm-hmm. is going to be a little bit of a lead up. Uh, I, I would say that our first couple episodes here are going to be a little bit more modified. It's going to be a little bit of a talk about drink, uh, Drinking Buddies. Uh, we'll be recording this as we are brewing right. the new BBK IPA. So uh, that's going to be taking place there. So and That's one of Walter's favorite movies. Right? That is one of Walter's favorite movies. So we'll be talking with Walter. Uh, I think we might be talking with... Uh, his brewing assistant Liza, uh-huh. she's she's a, a great person too, and so and uh, we're also going to bust out a new speed draft. We're going to do a little a little different draft format. This is going to be a one shot thing. It might happen maybe a few more times throughout the year, but uh, uh, you can expect kind of more regular episodes, regular drafts uh, in the future. But this first 2023 episode, we're going to do the movie, and then the draft episode is going to be speed draft. Yeah, so. and you'll find out all about what that means um, in a couple weeks. Yeah. All right, folks, it's been a fun year. We love you out there. Spread the word about BBK. Uh, check us out on the socials at BBK Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Bez Video Kingdom on Facebook. And I don't know, maybe we'll put something out on TikTok. Maybe we'll try to get that uh, 
Lebowski song going and and get it going viral. Get us kicked off TikTok again. Yeah, why not? We need everyone got to go to jail every once in a while, you know. And I think I'm ready for it now through uh, Mike's good advice. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks, take care out there. We love you. Catch you in 2023. Bye bye. I want to be at Beverly's, bringing me home with my movies. Just if I'm by, no reason why. I love this scene. It's got to I can grab your favorite podcast. Let's start.